Wagstrom, researcher and fellow at the Frontier Center for Public Policy. Hi, Michael. Good morning. What's your perspective on no-zero grading policies? Well, no-zero policies have always uh, been a, a bad idea, and uh, for the very simple reason that they don't properly hold students accountable for work that is incomplete or comes in late. Uh, the fact is there there should be a consequence, and uh, in many cases it should be an academic consequence that happens to students when they don't submit their work. So if you don't hand in the work, you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't receive a mark. You can't protect young people from everything, uh, and indeed this uh, is uh, the kind of training they're going to need when they become adults and have to deal with the real world every day. Well, it is, and uh, when you think about it, the, uh, there are very few uh, workplaces out there where you will get paid if you don't do any work. Uh, if you're a if you're a journalist and you don't submit your uh, news stories on time, uh, and you decide, well, I'll hand it in one week later, uh, your employer is not going to like that very much, even if your news story is excellent. Uh, so the fact is, is that uh, meeting deadlines and being timely is uh, is an important life skill and is something that students need to learn. Why have no zero policies become popular? Who's been the leaders in advocating this kind of a marking system? Well, no-zero policies are popular because there's a, a number of uh, assessment gurus, uh, uh, people who uh, give in services at, uh, at school division workshops across the country, and there's several of them, such as Ken O'Connor, uh, Damien Cooper, two of the most prominent ones, uh, that argue that there should be a total separation between behavior and academic achievement. And so since handing in an assignment late is a behavior as opposed to specifically academic, they argue that handing in something late shouldn't affect the final mark. It's a theory that works great if you're in an ivory tower and you're not actually dealing with actual students. Um, however, when you're in a real classroom, you find out very quickly that you cannot have that type of rigid separation. Uh, when, you, when you take a rule, a principle, and apply it uh, so rigidly that you're going to turn it into a no-zero policy, obviously you're going to run into problems. And what takes the place of a no-zero policy that still allows for accountability and still allows for a student to be moved through the system at the right pace, given what he or she has produced or not produced? Well, what takes the place is very simply teacher professional discretion, giving teachers the ability to make decisions as to whether uh, to give an extension or not, or whether to uh, deduct marks in, in certain cases. Uh, teachers are trained, they know what they're doing, they've been to university for many years, many teachers have been teaching a long time, uh, they should have the ability to make these types of decisions. There's nothing wrong with having a general uh, principle outlined to teachers saying that as much as possible, separate behavior from achievement, that makes sense. But don't make it a rigid rule that leads to absurd situations such as a, a no-zero policy. Does a uh, zero on a student's report card chase that student out of the school system? Well, it doesn't have to, and uh, it, it would be rare that there would be a zero on the report card itself. I mean, uh, certainly there could be zeros in individual assignments, and uh, it, it depends on the student. In some cases, students will find it discouraging, but then, of course, one way to deal with that is to make sure you hand in the work, and then you're not as discouraged. Um, but the fact is, is that teachers know how to deal with students, and uh, every student is different. And in some cases, it can be quite motivating that uh, when you see the impact uh, that a zero has on your mark, uh, it can motivate students to realize that it's, they, they can't get away with not handing it in. Uh, they need to do something. And, and post-secondary institutions in particular rely on the high school mark as a part of the decision to admit or not to admit a student into school. Um, students who pre present incomplete work 
uh, students who demonstrate an inability to, um, you know, follow the rules and, and do what is required to meet standards uh, aren't going to get into post-secondary institutions. There are only so many ways you can evaluate a student, and if you've got one that has an A and somebody else that has a C- minus and a string of incompletes or zeros, uh, it's pretty clear who's going to be admitted to school and who isn't. Well, it is quite clear, and uh, the fact is is that uh, in, in post-secondary education and in the workforce, for that matter, uh, deadlines are important. It's expected that, uh, that you're able to finish your work and to do it on time, and it's simply not fair that you can have a, to have a situation where a student does 10 assignments and gets an average of, let's say, 75%, and then another student who was given the same 10 assignments chose to do only seven of them but ends up with an 85%. Uh, obviously, uh, the first student should have the higher overall mark. But with a no-zero policy, ironically, the second student ends up with the higher mark and actually can have the advantage when, uh, when applying at university if, it's, if that appears on the report card. And that, of course, is simply not a fair process. So I think if I interpret your view correctly, uh, let, the, uh, let the teachers make the judgment in the classroom and leave the consultants on the sidelines uh, where they can be uh, consultants because they can't be teachers. <laughs> well, I, I, I always believe in, in the common sense of regular classroom teachers, and uh, uh, it is interesting that the strongest opponents of no-zero policies tend to be regular classroom teachers who are currently teaching and uh, because they know what actually works with real students. Michael, thank you. You're welcome. Michael Swagstra is a high school teacher in Manitoba and a research fellow at the Frontier Center for Public Policy.